You're listening to Barbells, Boot Camps, and Banter, the official podcast of athletic-based training. We'll chat all things health, fitness, and probably some shenanigans along the way. I'm your host, Crystal Blank, owner of ABT and part-time Olympic weightlifter. Thanks for tuning in. Two, list, two listens in Mexico, apparently. Ooh. Quantana Roo in Mexico City. What I don't know. The the fuck yeah, I don't know. And then, like, it gets exactly, like, specific. India. Like cartel members or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, trying to get <laughs> Like, something. <laughs> they got, like, some sort of, like, keyword on it. They're like, <laughs> he says bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bazooka, man. You got to get strong. <laughs> Just a bunch of jacked cartel members. He says bazooka. Bazooka. They're not pregnant, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking awesome. So the first episode um, was about me, and it was called, Is That a Bazooka? Is that my truck? Oh, (laughs) a thing on your... Yeah. I like how everybody says, like, as soon as they see that, they're like, what happens if the barbell shoots off and, like, (laughs) bazooka? I'm like, well, it's going to be a lot of dead people yeah luckily when I fitted that to my truck I I went to an empty parking lot and drove around and slammed on the brakes and like <laughs> gassed it slammed the brakes took sharp turns somebody's like up in their like window just like just seeing this crazy like, guy like ah. is he learning to drive stick like yeah. what is going on in there? no I just did that I just like went to an empty industrial park and like gunned it to 40 slammed on the brakes and just saw what would happen if it would move or anything it doesn't, and doesn't, is doesn't the uh, the cap do you screw it in or you just screw it in okay, they're like four, four or five like thick threads deep um, screwed in on both ends with foam pads on either end too to dampen it and limit the amount of movement the barbell can make um, in it. But also the, the uh, container itself is U-clipped to the roof rack. So it's like steel U-clips. It's not fucking going anywhere. You know what's worse is probably having like the kettlebell in the back. You know, and like if you get in an accident and it launches up, you're like, oh, I'm fine. And then a kettlebell just comes up and <laughs> smashes your head. I drove up on an accident once, like down the street from my house. The car was like flipped over and uh, we like hopped up inside, like got the people out. Yeah. And when we, I was like literally on the side, like the car was on its side. So I like jumped up on top of the, the side that was up yeah. and ripped the door up. And uh, not open, off, but you know. He no, just hopped <laughs> it. Yeah. But, um, and then when I opened up the door, I was like, it's like two people like just there in a set of golf clubs. The golf clubs <laughs> had been in the, in the, it was an SUV. Oh, yeah. They had been in like the back trunk and they flew to the front. Why are your golf clubs up here? <laughs> That's why we got in an accident. <laughs> trying to get my nine iron. <laughs> Working on a short game. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, well, huh? That was Dude, crazy rolling up on accidents are like insane. Have you ever? Oh yeah, like, like to help or just like passing? To help. Mm. There is one uh, where you get like that super adrenaline rush, you know, and you're like, and the people are like freaking out. There was mm. one. It was uh, I'm coming back from work. This is when I lived in Virginia, and the roads were slick, so like it was like right after a rainstorm, and so I'm coming back, and it was on the highway, and this car was coming the opposite way and I was going that way and I just saw it and it flipped like like final destination like movie style like just flipped over into the median Jesus. and I was like whoa what 
what the hell? You know, like, yeah. what do you do at that point? So everybody started stopping. And it was just like, basically, the freeway turned into a parking lot, you know? Yeah. And I get out, and I'm in my flight suit at the time. So, like, everybody's like, he's an EMT. He <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, shit, this is stupid. So, I like, I had no idea what I was doing, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, probably more, uh, knew what I was doing more than most of the people there. Yeah. So, I get up, and I just, like, I'm walking around this car. The tires are still spinning. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And I look in, and I was like, hello? And there's this, like, big lady in there. And she's like, ah, just screaming, <laughs> like, totally terrified. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, are you okay? And she just kept screaming about, uh, she was like, my children, my children. And are I'm they like, in the car? Like, oh, Yeah, no, that's when I was, I was like, uh-oh. And I look around, and I don't see anyone in the car. I'm like, uh, fuck. So I was, like, expecting, you know, to see, like, yeah. people ejected or something. No one was ejected or anything. I was like, where are your kids? And she's like, no, no, they're not in here. I'm like, why are you yelling that? And then, uh, meanwhile, like, people are, like, calling 911 and all this stuff. And um, I, I kept her in the car because, like, I didn't know, like, if she had any yeah. spinal injuries yeah. or anything. Um, but and then finally was... the cops came. They came in, like, five minutes. Yeah. And then, like, they just talked to me. They were like, what happened? I was like, I just rolled up and, like, their, her car flipped and everything. Mm. They took her out. And... Well, so you. But before... after, you're like, yeah. Fuck. And like, you've got shaking. another one about hiking. That uh, yeah. So before you get into that, yeah. uh, joining us on the podcast today. <laughs> oh, is, we're recording. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we have one. Uh, my cousin Patrick Croto. He is a Navy rescue diver now in flight school for the Navy. Um, fitness enthusiast. You know, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, give like me the drivers. actual. Uh, delegation what your your role and title in yeah so for. i served uh about six years in the navy as a rescue swimmer yeah helicopters have about a thousand hours in the mh60 sierra which is kind of like the black hawk version cool um but navy version just a little bit more avionics and stuff uh but pretty much same thing yeah um after that i got out for about four years four and a half years uh taught scuba diving just recreational diving uh, as well as like rescue classes, CPR, first aid, all that. Um, taught at MIT for a bit, did like their one semester course, which is cool. They're yeah. uh, very smart people, like <laughs> the opposite of me. But <laughs> it was nice. Um, did a lot of like mindless jobs that required a lot of fitness and not a lot of smarts. Manual labor. Yeah, while I went to school. Yeah, weren't you digging for a while? Like, yeah, uh, I worked on a, a drill rig. Yeah. Um, which, that was the hardest job I've ever had. That was like 15-hour days of just like, you know, like big steel augers and like yeah. drill rigs, and you're just picking them up. And by the end of the day, you've done like a thousand deadlifts. Yeah. So you're like, oh, exhausted. Um, and then did sales. Sold, <laughs> sold, <laughs> sold fertilizer door to door. But uh, also during this time, you went to Suffolk. Yeah. So the whole time I was going to school, I uh, studied political science, uh, concentration in law. Um, got my degree. Uh, when I was working in sales, I got reached out by a Navy recruiter. She said, hey, you want to join again? You want to uh, put an application for a pilot package? Um, you know, so coming from that community, I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see, you know, what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to get out of sales because yeah. I wasn't draining. It wasn't, in wasn't the, for you. Yeah, it wasn't in the cubicle life. 
Um, so I, I got approved and then went to Officer Canada School in October and got back last month. So now I'm just waiting for uh, flight school to start. In oh, April. yeah. So it'll be fun. A little older, a lot older than actually Most like 90% of, of the people, but yeah. um, it's fun. But yeah. Uh, All right. So now that we got that yeah. out of the way, <laughs> this is a crazy <laughs> ass story. Um, Hiking. Oh, yeah. So this was actually this summer. Yep. Uh, this is the first time I've ever like came across someone who died, you know. Oh. So it was <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, he 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 died. Um, but anyway, so I was with my best friend Charlie and his fiance uh, Liz, and Liz is actually a doctor student, so it was good having her on the trip, right? Because I was just a EMT. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we we're doing the Saco River up in New Hampshire. And uh, so the day before we hiked Mount Washington, the next day we were just going to do, you know, Saco River. You can uh, go to the top of the river and just tube all the way down. Yep. And people bring drinks and everything. Mm-hmm. Get just completely shit-faced, you know. It's a shit so, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fun, though. <laughs> um, and so this was our first time doing it. And last time. I mean, I'll go again, but I don't know. Um, so we're going down. We did the whole thing, so it took, like, six hours. And we're at the last... Uh, maybe two and a half hours of this thing. And uh, there's like, so when you're going down, there's like little beach pull, pull-offs. So there's like mm-hmm. small little beaches, but it's like in the, in the North Conway, like forest area. So it's like pretty tough to get to. Um, and this, we're going down and I see like over on one of these beach pull-offs, like a group of people just like standing around. I was like, that doesn't look right. You know, I remember thinking, I was like, that looks like, like a medical emergency or something, like what you see in the mm-hmm. like CPR videos. Yeah. And they're like, if you see this. So I'm like kind of just staring, and then I stand up. You could stand up in the water. It's like maybe a foot. Yeah. So I, as soon as I stood up, this lady's like, ah, ah, just starts screaming. She's like, help us, help. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I start walking over, and as I'm walking over, I see this guy who's like uh, pretty overweight, but he's completely passed out like in the water like the water's maybe up to his ears so it's like a couple inches but I was like oh that guy's like not like there's something wrong with him yeah and there was like four dudes like older guys around him like just hello they're like hey wake up you know and I'm like oh my god what the fuck so I immediately went into like training mode you know and uh so I go over by his head and I do like a stern, sternum rub, which is yeah, pretty yeah. much, it would wake him up. And I was like, hey, um, I was like, hello, you're awake. Kind of give him a little slap on the cheek, nothing. And uh, he was like blue already. And then, so I went to feel for a pulse. I had no pulse, he wasn't breathing. And then as soon as I felt the pulse, Liz came over, the doctor student. And she was like, Pat, do you feel a pulse? And I was like, no. And she's like, me either. And she's like, all right, start compressions. So I just immediately, you know, start. And as you're given compressions, like if you do it for real, like, yeah, you think, oh, that's like the weirdest feeling. And uh, people are like completely shocked. I get one of the girls to call uh, call the 911. Uh, and people are like, and then, like you don't realize how quickly um, you get tired of compressions until you start doing them for real. So then Charlie, me and Charlie were just going off. Liz went in. So it was just us three just going and going. Um, uh, <laughs> not to 
make a joke out of it, but it was kind of funny because I was uh, uh, doing the compressions the first 30, and you know how you get 30 and 2 in CPR? And uh, there's this guy, just random dude, and he's over him. He's over his face, and uh, I was like, I went to 30, and I was like, all right, breathe. And he like looked down at this guy, and like this dude had like puke and snot everywhere. And he's like, gave me the look like, seriously, dude, you want me to, <laughs> you know, you give me, me, give me a rescue breath to this guy? Yeah. And I was like, do it right now. And he's like, oh, oh. And it was like just horrible because he was, you know, freaking out too. Yep. Um, but then Liz was like, because she's done this, you know, multiple times. She's like, she's like, now just focus on compression, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah they don't even teach yeah, yeah. anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, but like in that mode, you know, yeah. you're just like, yep. and then, um, but anyway, so uh, by that time, you know, we were out in the middle of the woods. So like we were thinking like the cops are going to take like forever to get there. And they were in there probably 10 minutes just running through the woods with like all their stuff. And then like slowly more paramedics came and came. And then uh, so they took over and well, he, he was he was dead like instantly. And they took him away in a body bag and everything. What had happened? So, uh, I mean, from what I saw, it was just a massive heart attack. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was, he was pretty. And, and as sad as it is, like, you expect that they're going to be super far away, but that's probably super common up there. You know, there are treacherous areas. People have to be yeah. ready to, to go help. So it's probably not uncommon for them to get calls to go hauling off into the woods to find oh, someone. Yeah. So. Well, I remember because I took the phone from one of the girls and he was like, where are you? And I was like, I looked at a sign. It said like lot 47. I was like, lot 47. He's like, oh, okay. I'm yeah. like, how do you know where that is? Yeah. And that, oh, the weirdest thing too was one of the cops. So the first cop that got on there was uh, a guy I grew up down the street with. Jesus, yeah. really? I was like, Sean? And he's like, Pat? And I was like, what's up, man? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, so you're a cop now up in New Hampshire. See, that's when you think there's like a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, you're like, right. why are we totally. here? <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. It was pretty weird. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, th those, crazy. those circumstances and those incidents, it's crazy because how many people are around like in, to in total? Oh, there were like hundreds. Oh, that river really? gets Because there's just like everybody packed. coming yeah. down. The, yeah. But you see like so many different types of reactions. Oh, right? yeah, like yeah. You have the people like yourself and Liz who like have the training that like jump right in. Yeah. And then you have like people that are just like freaking out, screaming, Hello. yelling. Hello. Yeah, people, exactly. people just panicking, people um, like all that stuff. But like I, when I pulled up on that one accident that I pulled up, like there was people running down the street and they immediately tried to start like flipping the car over. And I'm like, what guys, are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like yeah. this car just like rolled down the hill, like flipped over and yeah. rolled down the hill. Like we have no idea what's wrong with the people inside. Like you're not flipping the fucking car over. Yeah. And like everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and when like, someone speaks with that authority in that situation, then they're like, oh, they must know. Let's yeah, not, I have you know. a, like that. I have some hazy memories of that one because we were driving home from something and that I just saw it. And Holly said, my wife said that, I literally was out of the car before it even like stopped. Like I hadn't even stopped yeah. the car yet, and yeah. like I was already out. out the, yeah. And I just like, yeah, yeah. No, it is a, like those adrenaline rushes that you get all hazy, and you're like, "Yep, what the hell just happened." Yeah, you end up right. sitting there for an hour later, shaking and just being like, "I'm fine," but your your body's yeah, just you're like, like recovering from the like, situation. Like, oh crap! I need to go like lift. lift. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit! No, that's exactly what it's like. It's like you you just have so much like 
still like energy ready, ready to, go. to run through a wall. Yeah, because after that, we still had two hours of the just leisure <laughs> tube trip. So we. Uh, that's, a, that's a weird. Yeah, I, I, me, we, it just me and silenced Charlie. the rest of the way down the, the <laughs> No, tube. it was pretty quiet. Yeah, but yeah. we picked up our tubes and just walked. It would like walk the river. And I was just like, whew. Yeah. Charlie and Liz were the same. Yeah. Well, Liz was like, she was just talking about all their other experiences. We're like, geez, you do this every day. Yeah. We're like, me and Charlie, we're like, holy fuck, dude. Now, do you crazy. think you would have reacted that way without your training? And like, gone uh, to jump over and not. help? No. No? And that was like basic CPR stuff, training yeah. too. Like, that wasn't even like EMT stuff. But if it was last summer, you've been through your six years of serving, you've taught scuba and CPR and, and all this. Yeah. Do you think if this was, you know, 10 years ago, you would have reacted in that same way or would you have just been Oh, definitely frozen? not. Yeah, definitely not. I probably would have been more like those other guys. Yeah. Like just like don't know what to do, you know? Cause like when you get those iterations down of training, you know, and you don't, it, like I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Like I was doing the yeah, you were appropriate just things. Yeah, and then after I was like, whoa, that was crazy. Where the fuck that come yeah. from? <laughs> you were like, what? <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, like one of those Russian agents and you say the secret word and they like, turn into the, and they're like no kung fu and stuff. <laughs> and you're like, what? what did I, what happened? But yeah, and I was like, damn, okay, I guess that training is, you know, well, you know it's beneficial, but then it yeah. happens and you're like, okay, it is. It's, but know, it still, sense. there's people that have all the training. And then yeah, they get they put in a situation and they can't can't do it can't handle it you know yeah and that's why you gotta like test yourself with you know high stress like uh, like you words. never know those guys standing around could have been yeah, they some could have had some been like they firefighters some sort of and just training. not yeah. know what they were doing like yeah. situationally out of their element and right it does give you more respect too for firefighters and like cops and first responders because they were there super quickly. And then when they were there, it was like they were the calmest people in the world. You know, mm. they were like uh, a couple of them were laughing. Well, like, that's why it's come. With, I was about to say it's almost kind of freakish because it's like they it's just so routine for them. Yeah. Similar to Liz, like they just see this all the time. So it's not a thing. Yeah. Right. They like hook this guy up and we're just pumping him with drugs and everything. The other guy was like on the phone with the medical examiner and like he was just like. Uh, you know, pretty script, like, to the script, like, when he was dealing with the yeah. family. But, like, other than that, I was like, oh, I, yeah, they, they definitely do this. Like, yeah. Have you ever had any, any instances of... A uh, like, couple, nothing where I've had to be in, as involved as you were, even just opening the door and checking on people. More like accidents that I've come up across, like rear-enders, and been like, hey, is everyone okay? What's going on? All right, I'm going to go check with the other car. Airbags are deployed, but people are fine. Um, but the most recent one, I don't know if I mentioned this one to you. I was in a Mexican restaurant in Cambridge. Oh, no, you did. Naco Taco. And I'm sitting Taco there with Taco. one of my buddies. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this girl, I just see out of the corner of my eye from behind me, like stumbles back and falls. And instantly, you're like, oh, drunk. Like, she probably needs a hand up. But then I see her legs start shaking on the ground. So I immediately jumped out of my chair, my bar stool, got on the ground next to her, put my hand behind her head. And felt blood all over it. And this girl came running over who was a nurse and was like, what happened? I'm like, she just collapsed. Her friends are like, she's having a seizure. This is common, she's having a seizure. But like, she smashed her head on the concrete yeah. floor. So now I've got her blood on my hand and I'm holding her there. The nurse is like trying to 
wake her up and I'm, everyone's just like, what do we do? And I'm like, call 911. And they're like, what can I do? Call 911. What can I do? Call 911. Like, the more people you have doing it, the better. Like, there was no need for compressions or anything because she's breathing. She's just having a seizure. And then she came through. But she was clearly concussed and all out of it. As she was waking up and trying to answer questions like her name and stuff, the paramedics came in and took over. And I just, like, stepped back, washed my hands, went back to tacos. Yeah. <laughs> so... And I would, was yeah, so those tacos. Well, so I was sitting there. He's he's a client and a friend at this point, but he was like, "Holy shit, I was useless in that situation." I was like, "Dude, I was too. I just felt like I needed to help. Like I don't know how to help with a seizure. Like I just I had to jump in." Um, but for 20 minutes afterwards, I was just sitting there, like I couldn't even touch my food or drink because oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just like shaking, and I was like. <laughs> Dude, I'm fine. Like, I feel fine. I'm not, like, traumatized by this, but, like, my body doesn't know how to react right yeah. now, yeah. you know? My old job, um, I used to work at a school, um, kids with behavioral developmental disabilities and stuff, and um, a lot of, lot of seizure disorders. So, like, the first couple of times you see a seizure, you're like, what? What, is like, going yeah. what the fuck yeah. is going on? Like, is he, are they going to die? Like, what's going on? And then, like, they're just like, nope, this just happens. You just, like... Make sure they're not gonna like hurt themselves anyway. Make sure they're not gonna yeah. like smash their head. Like you know, different kids had different kind of types of seizures, and you start to learn them. And then by the end, it's just like I was there for like ten years, and it would just be like, Sorry, yeah, I, was like I used to be able. There were certain kids that I could tell they were about to have a seizure. Yep. Like I'd be like, Michael, why don't we have a seat? Why don't we have a seat, buddy? Like, you know, because yep. you could see all the. So it was like it was like being a firefighter. You're just like used to it so used to yeah it at, I was so, I, at that school there was a lot of shit that you got used to that what, like, what would you see if they were about to have a seizure um so like this kid the kid that i just said michael like uh this was a kid he would start like his speech would like get like real slurred oh, all of a sudden and he would start talking really really fast and that's like his movements would start to get real kind of spastic um he had this seizure disorder where he would like he wouldn't go down he would almost like it was like a bolting seizure like he would like take off yeah it was crazy it was, yeah, his were, were, his were interesting. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, we had this one girl, she would like go basically like, like they kind of like what you think about seizure wise, but she would then go like stiff and blue, like, like that. And talking about the sternum rub, yeah. like that, like you'd have to like go hard. Down, yeah, yeah, go hard on her. Uh, it was, it, that was, <laughs> that school prepared me for a lot of shit, man. Like, yeah. I, I told you the one that, I, there was a kid who had a seizure disorder who had a seizure oh, in the yeah, pool. Yeah. He had a seizure in the pool and like went to the bottom like a rock. And he was a good sized kid. And I was in the pool and like I just went under, went under, grabbed him. Grabbed him. First, first attempt, like couldn't get him. Yeah. And like literally in my head said, dude, like, nope, there's no, you can't get him right now. And I like went underneath, like got his arms uh -huh. and literally like went to the, to the bottom, like did a squat jump off the bottom, holding him, got to the, to, like kicking, trying to get to the top, it was a yeah. deep pool. And got like, in my head, I was like, just please get to the top, please get to the top, please get to the top. Got to the top, lifeguard grabbed him, pulled him out, did like chest compressions on him and water just shot out everywhere. Oh, and really? And he like came right to. Holy crap. Yeah. But then the crazy part is what he did after for you. Oh yeah, so this was like, uh, he was a big kid. He was probably like 17 or 18 at the time but he was completely nonverbal. Yeah. And his teacher, you know, told him, was like, hey, Adam, why don't you, um, why don't you draw, why don't we draw Chris like a, a thank you card? And he like couldn't, like, 
writing wasn't there either. Mm-hmm. But he just drew a picture, and it was like I still have it somewhere. It was basically like a blue, just a blue picture of like Bruce blue scribble with basically look like like splashing water. Yeah. Um, with like dark stuff behind it, and then a bright yellow like object. Like a near-death experience. Yeah, yeah. Like he drew like he drew that uh, shit. It was like terrifying, Whoa. right? Yeah, yeah. He, so he can't like read or write or yeah. uh, speak or yeah. And he just drew. That's insane. Yeah, dude. It was pretty nuts. He's like, here's the light. So I, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that that day, like talking about like being like this, like they, we got back to it was off. It was an off-site pool. Yeah. We got back and. Um, so like basically like the principal of the school is like what you know brings us in like what happened, you know we everybody for the most part everybody did the, everything the right way except one girl that was supposed to be kind of watching him, um, she wasn't like right on him, but other than that everything was done the right way so like but she's just like, you need to go home and I was like no I'm fine she's like your hand hasn't stopped your hand and your arm I mean your hand and your leg haven't stopped shaking I just need a deadlift right she's like just go home take take the rest of the day. Yeah. And I just went right to the bar. <laughs> First drink, you're just like spilling it all over you. Like, oh, you get like half a sip. Straw, just please. Two hands. <laughs> yeah. Straw, please. Not a paper one either. Oh, man. Well, so I was going to try to transition from these scary stories, these like really intense ones, to one of my favorite stories that Pat has about the spaghetti. <laughs> Oh, uh, my buddy, yeah. Um, can you tell that one? Yeah, I can tell that Or are you going to get in trouble for it? No, it's super top secret. <laughs> uh, no, it would be funny if he listens to this because he'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Um, so this was like uh, out in the Persian Gulf, my second deployment. Um, so when I was like, when I was out there, usually what we would do is, we're in helicopters, obviously, so we'd like provide logistics for the fifth fleet out there which is so like whatever carrier strike groups out there so you can have like destroyers and carriers and all this stuff and uh, we'd fly pretty much everywhere all the way up to northern Kuwait all the way down south you know wherever the boats were and uh, a typical day was you know drop off passengers at this destroyer and then like drop off mail at you know this other place so you're just like constantly like being a UPS guy and um so it's, it, it gets pretty fun, but they're like long days, you know, just being in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And it's also like 120 degrees plus 100% humidity. So Plus all the gear you're wearing. Plus all the gear and you're just like, I would make uh, like suits out of ice water bottles. And I just sit in the back of the helicopter like spread eagle, just oh. But anyway, this one time we went out and uh, we were supposed to, it was supposed to be a long day. So we go to multiple boats, go up to Kuwait, come back down. Um, you know, and do just pretty much that. So it was, we're all preparing for a long day. And it was me and my best friend, Jordan. Um, I won't say his last name, but yeah. <laughs> and then uh, two pilots who are, you know, pretty cool guys. So it was a tight crew. And, uh, you know, we were all experienced. So we were like, there was nothing, you know, weird about it. We were yeah, just, like, we were just pretty, casual. Yeah, pretty tight crew. And we knew what to do. And, uh, so we fly out to the first boat, and on the first boat, I can't remember, I don't remember the boat, and it's probably a good thing I don't. Um, but we landed, and usually when you go to a boat, we can ask for box lunches, and they'll give us what we call uh, 
like quote unquote like helicopter food. So like think of like what you'd want in a helicopter. It's like sandwiches or like you know something you could eat with your hands, right? This dude fucking walks out with like a plate on plate, like probably six plates of fucking spaghetti and marinara sauce, and it's dripping all down. And he goes straight for Jordan. He's Jordan sitting in the seat, and he's like, "Fuck no, no, no!" Like waving his hands, like I don't want him. But like he can't hear anything, obviously. The helicopter, and he puts this like spaghetti in his lap, and Jordan's like over over uh communications he's like what the fuck he's like fuck this dude and the pilots are like what and he's like this guy just gave me a bunch of fucking spaghetti like what am i gonna what am i gonna do with this spaghetti and uh as he's like saying that we're taking off from the boat and uh we pull off and when you take off from boat you like come up and then kind of like pull off over the water so it's like a one transition thing and as we're pulling off over the water you hear like i didn't see this but you hear over the comms, Jordan's just like, dude, I, I got to get rid of this. It's getting everywhere. And the pilots are like, yeah, dude, just do it. And so, you know, he threw, he threw it out. He threw it out. And then whatever, the whole day goes on. And um, we ended up going to another boat, getting box lunches from them. So they definitely heard on the radio us just like getting box lunches from all these like different, different uh, boats. So we think that was the big thing that got like in trouble and stuff. But uh, um. But the day, the day actually went on, and so we went up to Kuwait, and in Kuwait, um, we're flying down. <laughs> this is like the craziest flight in my whole career so far. Um, but, and I'm, I'm sitting, and it's like super desert out there, right? It's Kuwait, obviously. And I see this jet, like an F-18, fly by me. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Was that like a jet? It was like super close. And then I was like, hey guys, um, uh, I think a jet just like flew by us. We're like 300 feet. And everybody's like, shut up, Croto. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. And then <laughs> like 10 minutes go by. And then uh, off the nose, you can see like jets doing all these maneuvers and stuff. And he's like, oh, look at that. There's some jets. And then the, again, this jet flies by. And this time he's closer. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And then now everybody knows this jet. And then I would look back like, on our six o'clock, like at the tail, and you could see this jet like coming by, coming down like Top Gun, like about to shoot us down. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I think we're doing something wrong here. And then this jet would come up again, and he would like turn towards me, so you could see the pilot. And the pilot's looking right at me, and, like locked eyes with like a jet pilot. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? And I was like, is this ISIS? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, does ISIS yeah. fly planes now? <laughs> it was like, holy shit. And everybody's like, uh, and I'm like, should I like throw water bottles at him? That's how, like, how, that's how close this guy was. I could have hucked like an ice bottle at him and like. Do you have like communications? Do they go that way? Like, we you- had no idea what was going on. So we didn't know who to talk to. We're like, who is it? And uh, it was just funny because I said, is it ISIS? Like an idiot. Um, and then so what we did was uh, we pulled into a hover so jets can't hover so yeah. they like they yeah, fly they by. fly by and then they bug out and then uh, so we're like in this hover and we're like what the fuck happened and then uh, the second pilot the co-pilot he's like oh shit we didn't call Kuwait International Kuwait International Airport you're supposed to check in with them and then so we uh, we bring up their freak their freak uh, and uh we're like, hey, this is uh, blah, 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 uh, our call sign. And uh, they were like, yeah, we've been pretty much looking for you. And we're like, we scrambled jets to figure out like who you were and all this. And we're like, yeah, no, we're fine. 
and then they're like, no, divert immediately to Kuwait International. So we like landed there. Jesus. Our pilots just got screamed at by this Kuwaiti general. And then like, we were like, ooh, this is awkward. Um, so then that happened. So then <laughs> we continued to fly to Gango. This is like you didn't get like fucking shot down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're like, okay, almost just got shot down, but that's fine. And then so we get back and uh, we're on like the computer at home, like doing all our debrief stuff. And like we get a Facebook message from the air boss. So an air boss is like the commanding officer of the air department on a boat. Well, I got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like the level of communication. Like, yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> Facebook <laughs> messenger. You'll be surprised. Facebook, Facebook messenger. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Yeah, it's like, I'm surprised we don't use like signs, like writing things. Hey, yeah. how you doing? Uh, no, it's, it's, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, we get, the, <laughs> we get a Facebook AOL, messenger. <laughs> it's not even like ASL. Nice. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's goes, what the fuck? And he's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, you threw spaghetti on my flight deck. And, and, uh, and the pilot was like, uh, shit. And then, so Jordan and I had to explain like everything that happened. And Jordan was like, I did not like throw it on the flight deck. I waited until I was over water. And, and like in the military, it doesn't matter. Like if a higher ranking guy is saying, you know, you have to either provide like proof that's undeniable or like just suck it up, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was funny. He, he never really threw it on the boat, but. But it got all over the boat. <laughs> I don't know. I, or they did. I don't know the story, but he's, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was like a higher ranking guy versus a lower enlisted dude. Yeah. So, but I know he wouldn't have done, you know, that's like pretty stupid to do, but like, I don't think he, would have done that yeah but anyway we it was like a while and so everybody called them noodles for a bit <laughs> that's outstanding but it was it was pretty funny and then uh the pilots were like yeah we, like this that was like the craziest flight I've ever been on we like almost get shot down by kuwaiti f-18s and then like we fought out like an entire naval vessel like <laughs> they like can't fly because spaghetti's everywhere <laughs> we're like <laughs> That's hysterical, though. I love that story. Oh yeah, it's it's funny, and uh, he's still in. So he just actually just got back from a deployment, like a ten month deployment. How many did you do? I did two, two deployments, and then uh, a couple like detachments. So like how helicopters work is that you're like fly down somewhere and work with like uh, like we did Army Special Forces, worked with them for a month, uh, Marine Corps Special Ops, worked with them. Uh, seals all the time eod um and then you do your like own stuff too like uh but you're constantly like going around places yeah like mind countermeasure stuff which was like super fucking boring oh my <laughs> god that was awful um yeah but yeah it was spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> um it's a good story <laughs> other than flying spaghetti in uh f-16s or f-18s like right up on you any like anything cool you ever see like um you know like in the air you know what i mean any like yeah, n- yeah. nutty stories ufos yeah or well, that's where i'm going with it. <laughs> i don't have a ufo story uh i hear about it all the time though especially those f-18s that did you see yeah um that it would they were navy f-18s that i was like yeah f-18s right that uh caught it on their fleer yeah yeah 
Did you see those? I don't. I don't know. That's what we we talked about it. Uh, The guy was on. The guy went on Rogan. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 he he was on Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I've never seen anything like that. You guys talk about that stuff though. Um, not never really, really talked about too much of that. You're like so when you're in the helicopter, you're like you could even see it if you're watching that video. how they're talking and everything is like they don't even say, "Oh, it's aliens," you know. I mean, they might joke around about it, but you're like in aviation or when you're in, uh, you know, like a helicopter or jet or anything. You're, it's all about like the mission. You're like going through procedures constantly. So like if you were to see something, you're like that. You'd be like, "What the fuck?" And then um, you'd go through your thing, and then you'd come back, and that's when you'd be like, "What the fuck was that?" You right. Know? Yeah. But like during your focus center on flying and like your mission or whatever. But you could tell, like, how they were talking. Um, you could see, like, they didn't realize that it could, like, really what it was that until, like, after you analyze it. Mm. You're like, when he analyzed it on Rogan, he, he like, broke down basically yeah, in, yeah. That ta- in aviation, co- like, talk. Yeah. He was like, this is what they're saying. This is what we're saying here. <laughs> this is what this means. This is what that means. It was kind of cool. But, yeah, yeah, that, that thing that just weird. ghosted. It was like the the tic tac they called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yep. And he's like, whatever it did is like physics we do don't even understand. You know. Yeah. If I were to see something like that, I'd probably just throw spaghetti at it. Yeah. Just throw, <laughs> try to throw a water bottle at it. <laughs> God. Start a universal conflict with a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, dude, what if you did throw a water bottle at that F eighteen? Like, it's harmless, obviously. It hits. Does he know it's a I water know. bottle, though, and then, like, turns around and starts shooting you? Or? I know I could have hit him. That's how close this guy was. And, like, I'm not a good thrower, you know? <laughs> but I was confident at this point. Like, if I hooked it, you know, just, like, right from my seat, I could have hit him right in the uh, in the cockpit. I probably wouldn't have done anything. Jesus Christ. You probably would have been like, holy fuck. Yeah, right. throwing water bottles at it. Or if it's icicles, you know, it... Or it hit his engine. He has to eject. And then I cause it like an international <laughs> Right. The Navy helicopter shoots down Kuwaiti jet with water bottles. <laughs> Jesus. And then like on the ticker underneath on like the on the news, it's like like may have also thrown spaghetti on the <laughs> In other news, same helicopter went on a spaghetti rampage. Helicopter, <laughs> helicopter crew member, aka noodles. <laughs> Throwing lasagna Involved everywhere. In spaghetti incident. None of them Italian. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, I never. I've never seen anything um, unusual. I've seen like the thing that surprised me um, was the amount of sharks you see. Oh yeah. Really? And like where people are swimming. Like I grew up in the ocean, you know. Yeah. And then like every day you'd see like a big shark. Like, like right oh. there. Okay. Like overseas, you mean, or around here too? When oh, anywhere, anywhere I've been, I've always seen at least once a day, maybe. A wow. Shark, you know, like close Virginia, enough to people where they're their problem. Not like within their feet, like it's yeah. like right off the shore, you know. But you're like, oh shit, that thing's huge. The Bahamas, like especially if there, you can see it from a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. So massive. we're at like 500 feet, and these things are pretty big looking at them so you can imagine like how big they are like this is know, back <laughs> to our why the ocean is scary as fuck dude the ocean like, is terrifying yeah stay out of the ocean man how big these things are and you don't even know it's there the worst was the bahamas cuz it's like everything's shallow in the bahamas you know you don't 
get any more than like 60 feet, right? Like flying around these areas and you just see in like three feet of water, like like eight foot bull sharks just like going around like cruising. You're like, fuck dude, that thing's huge. Black tips. And so they've found bull sharks uh, miles up the Mississippi River. Yeah, yeah. And they, <laughs> those things are crazy. Those things are brutal. <laughs> those and tiger sharks, aren't they the two most aggressive sharks? Uh, yeah, bulls, I think, are the most aggressive. Yeah. Um, tigers, yeah, are pretty aggressive. Jesus. And then uh, great whites are just... Great crazy. whites are pretty harmless. They just get the most uh, follow-up, like media coverage. Well, I think it's because, like... How big they, they are. They, yeah, they get the biggest. And probably they're glamorized because of movies and television that yeah. they're the most covered. But, know? like... They throughout... just sound badass. Yeah. A bass? They just sound badass. Oh, yeah, great whites. Yeah. A bass? I like an... Uh, <laughs> a ba- bass <laughs> shark? <laughs> bass are known a to attack the shit out of people. <laughs> gum you to death. Uh, <laughs> the worst, uh, like, throughout diving... The most problem I've had were like the small sharks. Really? Yeah, like big sharks. They usually once they see you, they're they're like, oh f- fuck that. Because you got to think about it. Like they're big for a reason. Like they just don't fuck with anything, you know. So they get that big, right? Whereas the pups are always like, there's a risk for them. Super curious, and they yeah. could like, they could do some damage to you. you know? Sure. Especially diving like. The little black tips will come around. So you mostly like, dive, though, New Hampshire and Newport, right? Uh, yeah, so this is where, like, most of my teaching was. Um, but, like, the Keys, a lot of dives in the Keys, Key Largo, Key West, uh, California, mm. uh, Bahamas. Uh, Do you encounter Persian this Gulf. stuff? Do you encounter this stuff in New Hampshire, Cape, no, Newport? No, up much? here, up here you'll rarely see anything it's really? too cold if you go down to like newport um if you go off the coast a bit like block island stuff there's a ton of like blue sharks magos uh great whites but i mean you have to like look for those they're in like wow. super deep water you could do like cage diving and stuff right off of newport really yeah in the summertime i but, didn't know that but like you're diving right off the shore you're not gonna i mean you could like i, I remember like all the students asking me like are there going to be sharks there I'm like I don't know. Like, you, but you're like, yes, they're there. It's like walking, yeah, yeah it's like them. walking into someone's house and be like, are they going to be there? I mean, they might. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we are going to their house, you know? Like, they live there. Yeah. That, that, and that's the reason why I don't fuck with the ocean. It's their house. And you're like going into their house and it's like, you have no idea what type of mood they're going to be in that day. <laughs> I'm not walking in. They didn't invite me. It is terrifying. I hate the fucking ocean. Yeah, I'm fine on a boat. I don't even I don't even go past my like knees anymore in the the ocean. Yeah, I hate it. It scares the piss out of me. It it is scary, but I mean, I love it because. How long were you in California for growing up? So you were 13, 14, 11, 11. Yeah. Okay. Then I was stationed out there for. Well, yeah, but I'm trying to think of your development when, you know, you started out there. You're obviously at the ocean all the time in California. Yeah. Then you come back here, you have family in New Hampshire and in the Cape, you know. So you're pretty much surrounded by the ocean. You're pretty damn comfortable with it, regardless, right? Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, like, my dad was always a big diver, so he yeah. got me swimming uh, pretty early on. Um, and you then playing for a while. Yeah, playing in the waves. Like, I'd always start, like, bodyboarding, boogie boarding. Yeah. 
I remember uh, like the first wave I ever caught surfing was in Mexico. That was pretty cool. In nice. Baja. And I remember standing up and I was like, this is the coolest ever. <laughs> and uh, I went, went right over a huge jellyfish too. It was pretty, it was like this big. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's for about our, uh, great uh, for size of a football <laughs> uh, but yeah like like for me that was like i remember like that wave and i had to be i was like maybe six or seven and i just remember it you know yeah, yeah. but so that stuff kind of forms your fears and safeties your risk you know your understanding and because you were doing that so young there's much more comfortability with it where, you know, speaking for Chris and I, neither of us did that shit. Yeah, know? I mean, I went to the a beach a lot, like, as a kid. Same. It's a completely yeah. irrational fear, I get it. Like, I got more more risk of getting in my car and driving home today. Well, I than, mean, it's like, kind of rational. I would say it's more rational than... It's irrational. one of those, like, healthy fears ones. It's like, yeah. Yeah, know, I mean, it's probably not going to happen, like, but at the same time... It could. Well, Chris, it, I put myself more in your shoes, and I'm trying to say, like, because, yes, I was at the beach as a, a kid, but, like, I didn't grow up surfing or diving. I just kind of went to the water, you know? Yeah. And I had a pool at home, so I swam in a pool. I didn't swim in open water, you right. know? Well, I think the thing that gets people is not being able to see. That's what fucks with me. Like, you can walk and go to the woods in, like, New Hampshire and be like, oh, there's a lot of black bears here. You know, a black bear can fuck you up right yeah but like you could see that you could like see for however long yeah you, are, you know and, and you could say oh there's a bear over there let's go back this way like yeah. in the ocean you're like you just hear horror stories <laughs> of people like sitting on their surfboards and getting their reg, leg ripped off you know yeah you're like yeah I, that's I what it is for me it's a visibility but you don't like lakes i don't mind lakes even though, like, if you can't see a That's lake. my whole thing about visibility, though. I can't see in lakes, so I don't want any part yeah. of that. See, I, it, it's not visibility for me, then, because I can see, You know what I mean? Because I'm lakes. fine with lakes. I'll <laughs> dive off a boat into a lake. It's probably day. more rational to have a fear of, like, the ocean than it is. Yeah, I definitely think it's a normal fear yeah. to have. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, me, it started out with, I mean, you're a kid, and you're playing in the ocean, and you're, like, naive to it. And then when you get older, especially in like diving, you see like what's under there and you're not like, oh, fuck. And like the biggest thing, too, I remember getting wiped out by my first like big wave and like that feeling, especially as a kid of getting like wiped out. You're like completely not under control of like you don't even know if you're going to breathe. Like you're like, oh, my God, this thing might just hold me down forever. And then you're like, oh, this thing's like. Like, this is a whole thing, this ocean, yeah. you know? It, like, it doesn't matter like, that I'm playing in it, you know? It doesn't care. It has, like, things in it that are, like, made to kill. Yeah. And then, like, even the water itself will just, like, just crush yeah. you. Like, yeah. Damn, dude. But it's fun. It is. It's, it's cool to see, like, especially reefs and stuff. You go down there and you're like, it's a whole, like, it's a whole city down yeah. here. There's like fish, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sharks. You're like, holy shit, that thing's a killer, you know? But it's just like, it's doing its thing. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the ocean. Like, I yeah. like looking at it from a distance. I'll watch, <laughs> I'll, I'll like, I like the sound of it. Um, the sound's I like nice. watching it on TV. The sound, yeah, the sound's But the I don't really part. want to get caught in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I'd like to transition and talk about your training background because okay. yeah. before you went into the Navy uh, back in high school, you were running crazy miles. Your dad installed a pull-up bar on the shed for you to just bang out like hundreds a day. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you went through 
boot camp and training. You continue to work out with me on your own. Um, talk to us about about your training background, what you did, how it started, and yeah, where so, you're at now. I mean, really, it started in high school when I knew I wanted to join the military. Um, was never like I, I did a lot of sports, but I would never consider myself like athletic. Yeah, I was more of he can do it. <laughs> like he shows up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember. So junior year of high school is when I really wanted to like, all right, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to be in the Navy and I don't want to just do the Navy. I want to do something special, you know? Um, so which the Navy has a lot of options for that, like special operations and uh, the SEAL community too. Um, so I knew I, I couldn't even, when I wanted to join, I couldn't even run a mile. I couldn't do one pull up. And uh, maybe I could do two pull-ups, like if I really tried, but I'd be like so sore the next day. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I was really good at was like push-ups, but even that was like weak. So uh, I remember I started wrestling because I saw they did the hardest workouts in the high school. So I did wrestling. Okay. Uh, wasn't any good, but the <laughs> workouts were brutal. So that got me in shape. Um, and then that last year, my senior year, I just started running because I knew that was my weakest thing was running. Uh, swimming, I knew I was fine at, but I would swim at least three times a week, you know, going into that. Yeah. Um, and what were you running? What, what was a like day in the workout of Patrick like? So I focused more on distance. Yeah. Uh, which, looking back, uh, I feel like I could have been way more calculated, you sure. know, instead of just like crushing my body. Um, but I, I tried to run at least five to six miles a day. Yeah. And. Uh, didn't matter, like some days I'd go faster, some days I'd go slower, but as long as I got the mileage, you know? Yeah. Um, which showing up to boot camp, I was pretty like, pretty destroyed, you know? <laughs> but the good thing about Navy boot camp is it's not hard at all, so <laughs> physically, so. <laughs> um, so you get some rest time. Um, but yeah, after boot camp, boot camp's fine, because you know, the most you're gonna do is just like push-ups and um, burp, uh, not burpees, A-count bodybuilders. Stuff like that, you know, eight count bodybuilders are. No. Um, all right, let me see if I can explain it with words. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, so it's eight counts. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right. First Next count. <laughs> first count is uh, you squat, come down to a push up, push up, push back up, squat back up, jump, and then so within that, that's eight counts, right? So it's like a burpee. Yeah. It's, oh, and your legs go. Uh, scissor out. So one, two. Okay. One, two, three. So it's just like a cadence, like a. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like a, a, a broke yeah. down. Just broke like down. a burpee. Yeah. Yep. They've We're actually broken. transitioned to burpees now. So because the eight counts were too, uh, I guess, like hard for people to understand, <laughs> like me. <laughs> They're like, all right, this guy, he can't count to eight. So, um, but yeah, that's like boot camp. It's just you know stuff like that. It's nothing that's gonna get you in shape. Yeah. It's just gonna like, it's whatever military style training they do. Um, but then I, I transitioned to, um, you know, the rescue swimmer side of things, whereas it's more of cardiovascular style workouts. Um, the big thing was that got a lot of people was just like being comfortable in the water. Um, so the type of workouts you do in the water, uh, whereas everything with a snorkel. So you wouldn't, you would kind of, if you're a big swimmer, you'd have to transition from, you know, breathing every other stroke to now you're just have this rubber in your mouth and you're like going balls to the wall 50 yard 
uh, 50 meter sprints, you know, and you'll do underwater swims. So you'll like do a 50 meter sprint and then they'll, you'll go underwater. And then so like you have to hold your breath for whatever length of the pool. And then you come out and people are like, oh, like freaking out and vomiting and they just don't want to do it again. So they quit. And then uh, pull-ups is a big thing. You just uh, hang on the pull-up bar for hours, you know, maybe not hours, but it felt like hours. Mm. It's like uh, you'd come up and it'd be like up and down, up and down, you know. Uh, nothing more than sets of 10, but you'd get off, shake it out, do it again. Um, and then lots of core work. And then running, which I was prepared for, was just uh, uh, more of uh, like sprint style running. Um, but with, uh, what's the one where you like, uh, like Indian runs? You know what Indian run is? Oh, yeah. like passing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So it was it's like a line. Yeah, that was like the biggest thing. Um, but we'd go six to eight miles. And then constantly day. doing the pass. Yeah, so you'd wow. be like whoever, so you'd run at like an yep. 830 minute pace. And then the trailer goes and, to the lead. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a lot of people, if you weren't in shape, you know, it wasn't hard, but if you weren't in shape, you weren't going to you know, do it. Um, but then you transition to, uh, they do weightlifting style. So you're like uh, getting into that. Nothing like too dynamic. It's just pretty straightforward stuff. Um, what, like bench, squat, bench, deadlift? Bench, squat, deadlift, yeah. Okay. They, they wouldn't do anything like uh, or like overhead squat on a box or something. Yeah. Like, really. Um, no, like Olympic lifts. Yeah, no Olympic lifts. And then once you get in, like once you get to your squadron, like most of the guys did like CrossFit style workouts, so you got into that. Um, you could just do your own type of stuff when you're there? Yeah, it was nothing. Uh, you would do PT every morning, but it was like more of on your own. Mm -hmm. um, uh, lots of swimming still. You want to stay in shape with that. Um, and then the uh, uh, majority of the guys did CrossFit. So mm -hmm. kind of backed off on the running a lot. Yeah. Was there like standards for that stuff that you guys had to keep up like with the pull-ups and things? Yeah. Um, like if somebody's not getting 10, are they like out? Or is it just kind of like get your shit together? And Yeah, so when you're in the selection process, like rescue swimmer school, and all that you do, um, it's gonna be way more strict there. So if you're not getting the pull-ups, you're not keeping up on the run, you know, they're either gonna have you quit, like make you quit, or um, they're just gonna separate you, like physically. So you just get separated, go do a different Navy job. Um, but the more, you know, the more you accomplish, so, uh, you know, once you get to your squadron, you know, you'll have minimal tests every, I think it was six months, something like that. You'd have to do a rescue swimmer test um, and if you're not passing the minimums with that, you know, but that's pretty rare if you see someone make it through that far and they're not passing that test. Um, gotcha. But the, they'll make sure you, you know, you're, you're uh, staying in shape. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And where are you now with your training? So now I'm on the other side of things. So I'm uh, um, still keeping in shape. Uh, obviously, I'm a little bit older now, so I keep things more technical strict weightlifting. Uh, I still swim as much as I can just because I enjoy it. Um, but now I'm on like the officer side of things. So I'm just focusing more on like uh, flight school and like studying. It's kind of like going to college again. Yeah. Um, but make sure I keep in shape. Uh, officer Canada School was like boot camp again, but with Marine drill instructors. So they like to- A lot nicer. 
<laughs> oh, they were the nicest guys. Um, a lot more like physically, they had, they were more creative physically with the pain. Um, but it was nothing like I was like totally out of my comfort zone with. Um, whereas like boot camp was like a shock because you're like 17, you're like, what the fuck's going on? Mm. Whereas like the drill instructors, you're like, all right, I've, I've seen a movie, you know, I know how to deal with them. You're not going to be like, fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you just deal with the pain, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, oh, burpees. Burpees is a big one mm. for them. But, do you so. do any military pressing in any of this training? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that name come from? Uh, I think it's just from like push-ups, right? Military like, press overhead, though? Um, maybe, I don't know. Oh, no. Military press. Yeah, so you have a rifle. So you carry this rifle around, and they make you do rifle PT. And so I guess you push it up it like that, and then you hold it for like hours. Okay. I, I was really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was holding it so long over my head one time, like my arms went numb, and everyone's like shaking. And I just like had my, like I was so used to pressing yeah. and like holding it. And I was like, I could do this forever, but my arms were like numb. But like, just locked out, so you yeah. weren't using muscles, it was just joints Where everyone else, I was like, lock out your arms. And yeah. everyone's like, what? What is he doing? He's a magician. I'm like, no, just, just lock him out, man. Uh, like, the worst one was holding the rifle from the buttstock and, like, just holding it out straight. Because you're like, yeah. But other than that, like, and I was used to that, too. Like, I knew what to expect. Yeah. A lot of, that's what it's designed for is, like, people who aren't used to it. It's a big shock, you know. To see if you really want to do it. <laughs> what do they do? What do they do mentally to, to kind of like fuck with you? Uh, so a big thing, especially like in military training like that. So like boot camp and OCS are pretty similar. Um, but the big thing mentally is like, you know, they'll ask you, "Hey, do you want to be here?" You know, uh, you're you're screwing up a lot. You know, you're like, you, I have my eye on you. Like you're the worst here. You know, even if you're not. Even if you're not, They're saying yeah. that to all. They're saying it to everyone, yeah. yeah. And you are going to screw up because you've never done it before, right? Um, so they just want to see if you'd, you know, bite the bullet and keep going, uh, which is a big thing I learned in, like, being in aviation is uh, uh, they have this bounce-back factor. So what that means is, like, you're going to screw up no matter what. doesn't matter how good you are. You are going to, like, just fuck up a lot. But they want to see you continue. Like, okay, let's... All right, I just screwed up. All right, I need to keep doing this yeah. to make this right, you know? Um, so that's a big thing in the military. Basically, like your resiliency. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like a quarterback throws an interception. You got to get back out there and keep throwing. Yeah, you can't, like, feel sorry for yourself. Run, like, yeah. yeah, you just got to like, go. You're like, fuck, I fucked up, man. And then you're like, yeah, you still, we're still out here in the helicopter, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna, you're, like, crying in the bag. Like, okay, yeah. we're going to do it. Um, but that, that was a big thing, like. Uh, like this last, in Officer's Candidate School, I was, uh, I was in charge of everyone's medical stuff, so I was the medical guy. And uh, uh, I guess this guy went to the emergency room, and I didn't, like you have to tell specific people, you know, the drill instructors, and this one drill instructor I didn't tell. I didn't even know I had to tell him, right? And uh, he called me out, he's like, up to my fucking office right now. And I was like, fuck, dude, I'm gonna die. And I, uh, I went in, he's like, explain yourself. and I'm giving them all these excuses, you know, like, eh, I didn't know. I was like, I was at the chow hall uh, uh, yeah. eating breakfast and all this stuff. And 
um, like legitimate excuses, but the thing where it was they were excuses, you know, and he's like, so you decided to eat fucking French toast and stuff your fair fucking face and not fucking tell me anything. And I was like, shit, dude. And he's like, outside. And he put me outside and in the push-up push up position, and I was just doing burpees, you know. And he's like, when you're in that, you have to like scream back at him. And he's just doing his drill instructor thing, like, you motherfucker. He's like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. And like all these swears, you're like, Jesus. And uh, he, he kept asking me, like, and I would just give, give him the same excuse. Like, you know, I was doing this, I was doing this while I was doing burpees. He made me uh, sit on the wall and like grab the air. He's like, you know. <laughs> He goes, he goes, sit on the fucking wall and grab the goddamn air. And you're like, what the hell? And he's like, flex your fucking forearms. And then five <laughs> minutes after, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, this does hurt. And you're, like, shaking. Uh, and then uh, he'll have you, like, in the um, uh, tricep push-ups. And you're just like, put your fucking nose in the goddamn, uh, the, on the floor. And so you're, like, shaking with your nose, like, in your, like, in the tricep position. And then finally, I figured it out. I was like, oh, this guy like just wants me to take responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was like, uh, Master Sergeant, it's all my fault. Like I should have, you know, I should have known the procedure. Um, it's, it's my fault. I take full responsibility. And he's like, get up, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see you goddamn again. And I was like, oh, you know, like, damn, dude. Terrified. Um, How was the French toast, though? <laughs> oh, it, was, uh, it was good. I would put peanut butter on it and then uh, drench it in maple syrup. Uh, it was awesome. That's solid. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did they mess with you sleep a lot, too? Do they do uh, some sleep deprivation stuff? or? Yeah, I mean, you'll get probably like four to six hours of sleep a night. Uh, Not much. Yeah. Uh, some nights uh, I'd get a, like a full eight. I'd be like, well, yeah. OCS is totally different. Boot camp is more of like you have no idea what, what the time is. You know, you're like, that's you where know. they would mess with your Yeah, schedule. whereas OCS is they want to see you take more responsibility, like, because yeah. you're going to be an officer. So they want to see, like, all right, if we give him, like, a roster or a timeline of what's going to happen in the day, is he going to, like, prepare for it adequately? So they'll do that. But, like, when you're in your first three weeks, they call it NDOC week, and that's when you're, like, getting woken up. And, like, um, they do first Friday, which is, uh, you know, when you meet your drill instructors and it's like 4 a.m. or something, they're like banging on your door and you get out and you see this guy with the the hat and all the movies, you Movie know. Shit. You're, yeah, you're like, this is dope shit, I'm here. Get on your fucking face and you're like, okay, <laughs> shit. And then uh, they like make you run outside and shit and... But then after that, they you're like, you run outside and shit. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like, pull your fucking pants down, take a goddamn dump, and I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I think that might be a title. Take a goddamn dump. Wait, I think I was the only one who did that though. <laughs> if anyone in my OCS class is listening to this though, they do. I do have a story um, about I almost did shit my pants on my first Friday. There you go. Because and, of uh, fear or because of work? No, so like I had, so the first week you're there, all right, I'll just tell you this. <laughs> so the first week you're there, you're like, um, you know, you're like getting into it and you have uh, your senior classmates, they take you in. So they're, they're yelling at you and doing all this stuff, but it's like people who are in OCS with you. So, and you're just waiting for first Friday when you meet your, your drill instructors. Um, so like your whole diet's changed, everything's changed, you know, uh, your sleep schedule's changed and like, I wasn't on my regular uh, <laughs> bowel movement schedule, <laughs> yeah. so everything just got like backed up, you know. 
and uh, and nothing was like physically demanding. I wasn't like, oh my god, I'm gonna shit and like pass out. Um, so first Friday happens and they like yell at you and they make you go outside and everything. And I'm running and all this running and doing burpees and stuff are just shaking everything up. Like think of like a <laughs> Pepsi can just yeah. shaking, you know. And uh, we're sitting in the gymnasium and they're having us do uh, uh, leg levers. So we're just like constantly leg levering up. Yep. And, uh, and he's like, they're all yelling at you. They're doing their drill instructor thing. And at that point I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna shit my fucking pants. Like I cannot <laughs> hold this in anymore. And uh, I remember thinking around, like looking around, I was like, am I gonna be that guy who shits his fucking pants at officer candidate school? <laughs> And uh, like I was like, all right, I could like I could hold this, you know, and I think I could. But you'd get like the the waves, the waves, <laughs> like deep deep sweat, and you're like, oh, no, no. like shaking, convulsing, and then to like, all right, maybe I could do this. Um, so I, I remember just looking at one of the officers standing around. I was like, all right, my plan is I'm gonna stand up, I'm gonna go to them, and I'm gonna go. I need to. I need a shit, or I'm gonna sit here and I'm just gonna let it happen. <laughs> so I got two options, um, and then thank God it never happened. But uh, so he like yells at us to get outside, and I was like, all right, we're probably going back to the barracks to you know get in our uniforms and stuff. I was like, because I can't, they're not gonna just do this all day. So I was like, all right, that, uh, now I can finally go <laughs> use the restroom. And uh, he goes to the chow hall, which is for breakfast. And I was like, fuck, dude, we got to go eat. And we're like, I'm going to pile more shit onto this. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think I can do it. So we're like, we go to the chow hall and they do their thing there. They're like yelling at you and you have to do all these procedures and stuff. But I just remember just like chewing on this apple, like shaking. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking shit my pants again. And then I, done, I held it. Hold it there, you know. Like, <laughs> you finish the apple. I, I, f I finish the apple. I come back and uh, we're all like, you know, after all the adrenaline's worn off and everything, and I break down the door to my my room and my roommates in there. And he's like, dude, that was crazy. I was like, oh god, I shit my pants. <laughs> and I ran to the bathroom. So an hour of working out and eating, just holding this in. It was probably like two hours. Jesus. Yeah. But uh, so after talking that, about mental toughness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Riding the waves for two hours. Oh, it was, it was like, uh, it was probably like what giving birth was like. With the, <laughs> oh, with the contractions. Pissed off females. Jesus, dude. There's the name of the, uh, of the episode. To follow up, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. Can, you, can we ask him about uh, conspiracy theories? Go for it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we... Uh, it often comes up on our uh, the podcast. We usually get ask guests a lot. Um, do you have any like major like conspiracy theories? Favorite? Uh, any favorites? Anything that's you know could be a simple simple one. Could be real deep. Well, I mean, I'm open to anything as far as like give me. Let's find the you know like I'd be more um, accepting of like. I can understand where conspiracy happens. Like, mm. I get it. But, uh, you know, like, I also want to figure it out. You know, there is a lot of horse shit out there. Um, but especially being in the military, like, for as long as I've been so far, you can see where things can get covered up. And not that the military would ever <laughs> do that. You know, the military would never do that. They're all professional. But, like, you can see... Um, 
where things get, where a conspiracy can gray. happen. And usually it happens from uh, the majority of it is just ignorance. And I think that's, uh, you know, looking at it, um, hindsight, you know, it's 2020, right? So, yeah. like, but like looking at it, you don't, you could see if the mechanics of it, and it usually leads to ignorance and everything, and mm -hmm. then it builds to the story. So what you're it. saying is the earth is flat. Yes. <laughs> no. No. Uh, there were, did you see that rocket that some crazy flat earther sh shot himself off in? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he died in it. <laughs> oh, that might be it. I think you got uh, but anyway, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> why did I laugh so hard? <laughs> well, I mean, come on, it's flat earth. I'm interested, not in flat earth and conspiracies. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, it's like a huge, like, I don't know. Like when things come up, I always, it's like certain ones come up and I, I almost believe them all at first. Oh, well, like we I haven't talked about it. We've meant to talk about it a couple times. Have you heard about this, especially in the military? There is a radio frequency being oh, yes, emitted yeah, we, I from I sent that to you. Uh, like a galaxy billions of light years away that is happening on a 16-day cycle where it's like completely cadenced. It's not randomized. It's like a frequency stop, frequency stop, frequency stop, 16 days over and over. It's like 12 days of silence, not four like, days of hitting, and then off. Isn't that like some? They should be like, hey. Uh. No, it's a whole. Like, I'll continue. I sent him the article. It's a whole thing, dude. So, like, normally they'll get these radio frequencies when stars are being eaten by black holes or when oh, yeah. galaxies are colliding or something. But they're kind of chaotic frequencies, and they're still radio frequencies through vibration and what's occurring, um, light and sound waves. But this is completely structured, which is what makes it like no one can tell what it is because it's particular sequence for four days and then it stops for 12 then it starts again for four days then it stops for 12. that's like you ever heard of the wow signal no they you never heard of the wow signal. so like back in the i think it was the 80s you know how they have like the radio telescopes mm -hmm. you know? yeah so they uh like back then they we didn't have computers or anything um well like as sophisticated as now yeah. but it was like you'd get like numbers so it was like looking at different star systems yeah. and you'd get like just normal space noise right and then this one was like it lasted for like i don't know the exact number maybe like 20 minutes or something and they were like what the guy who um was listening like circled it and he put wow next to it and so like they couldn't figure out like what the hell it was and they would like look at that same area and they never heard it again but it was something so like it didn't fit the pattern yeah. And everybody's like, it's a big conspiracy. Idea. And that's kind of what yeah. this is. You yeah. know, no it's one like has any up. idea what it is because it's not fitting into normal frequencies. Yeah. And if you think about it, we've only had like radio capabilities for what, like 70 years, so, right. you know? So like, we haven't even looked at, you know, more than, yeah. Whatever. But <laughs> 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 like even our well, the radio telescopes, like looking at the sky, like it's, there's so much, you know. Well, think about it. We have we have stuff out there, right? We have things that are out and that we've shot up yep. that are just shooting out little yep. frequencies. So somebody else might be picking. You know, what I mean, that could be, you know, some reply. other, some more, or a reply, or just somebody else doing the same thing. <laughs> There's just know? an alien, like, damn it, Quark! <laughs> you hit reply all again. Now the humans know. <laughs> His name's Quark. <laughs> yeah, right, I don't know. Damn it, Quark. <laughs> uh, Quark. 
<laughs> you messed up the alien's name, dude. Get it right. Everybody knows that. Jesus. Cork. It's Cork and Quark. Mork. 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 Oh, man. Good stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, no. But. Uh, so you're both Rogan fans, too. Oh, so yeah. you listen to a lot of Rogan as well. Every episode. Yeah. Every. Well, he's up to like 1,500 now. <laughs> he's just so good. Yeah. So I, I just love the, the caliber of guests that he gets and how he's so good. At, it's like he's almost, I know he's like bullshitting half the time, yeah. but he sounds like an expert on like everything. Yeah. He could know, and he knows how, like, how to talk to people. He really like does. He, there's no like, just quiet in the podcast. It's never like he could always just, all right, let's talk about this. Or, and like, there's also you know, just not those... You know, uh, I'm just going to use a random name, but like, like you know, old school, like Walter Cronkite. It's just like, what do you think about? Yeah, the, everything's the, 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 the. so structured. It's not. It's yeah. just like, yeah. it's like this. It's just like shooting Banter. the shit, having fun, and yeah. like cool and stories get come to, up, yeah. and you get a lot of information. And then you realize, like, with that, with this open platform, you could be like, oh, that guy's a physicist, but he's also talking about uh, like normal everyday life stuff, and you're yeah. like, oh, he's like a normal person. Whereas like Walter Cronkite was like. You only get one dimension exactly. of this guy, yeah. Exactly. And then like, you don't even get the whole story. And then that's where conspiracies come up. Like yep. this guy's a fucker, you know. <laughs> this guy's He's like, a fucker. <laughs> but now you realize you put him on like, I mean, like a politician, like Bernie Sanders went on Rogan, you know. He and was pretty like, good on it. Like it was yeah. Good. Like I don't agree with whatever he's doing, but um, we're like, oh, you can have a conversation about it. You're like, you're a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like Hillary Clinton would never go on that. Yeah. You know, but like if she did, uh, I probably wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> but like you could see, you know, you yeah. could see where like back then you only get one dimension of these politicians. And then now if you get them to like talk like a normal, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, he wouldn't do that. You know, like he wouldn't be a conspiracy or he'd be like, this guy's a fucking con artist. Of course, he's going to be a, like fucking up the government, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think it's important and it's cool. Good stuff. Like most podcasts. Like most podcasts. Uh, important and cool. Important and cool. Uh, and you should like, yeah. follow, subscribe, share, download. Download. Barbells, boot camps, and banter. <laughs> like that segue? That was Walter Conkright. That's great there. That was professional. <laughs> I think we did like 60 minutes. Keep us so. going more. In, we need to get more international. Yeah. You still got, you got buddies over in uh, Kuwait and stuff? Uh, no. <laughs> There's the nothing out in Kuwait. Or yeah, something. Somewhere over there. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe like spread a, the word. Yeah, I'll spread get, the word. Yeah. I'll tell you guys. We'll hit up a couple more countries, so we need more. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Well, anything thanks, you guys. want to plug? Uh, Personal business or anything you're doing still? Any, uh, I don't know, friends, family, charity, whatever? Charity. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wounded yeah. Warriors. Yeah. That's a good charity, right? There you go. All right. Everybody donate to them. Cool. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining, Pat. Yeah, I appreciate uh, Like, follow, it, share, subscribe, download. Like we said, follow us. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, folks. From our pack to yours, don't just talk about it, be about it.